This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? The most hated. The most hated. Chuck Liberty. The most hated co-host that there is on the show, for sure. Mm. Not even close. I bathe in it, you know? Yeah. I, I bask in the hate. You know, if, if you don't have any haters... You're doing something wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I that's why I said I bathe in it. And plus, they I hate you because they ain't you. Exactly. And they hate us because they ain't us. That's what's going on. Hey. They're just peanut butter and jelly. We just had... <laughs> we just had a big old Thanksgiving break. We recorded on Tuesday, and then we were gone. Just gone. Literally. That was the longest break that I've taken, I think, since starting the podcast from doing anything. We couldn't actually tell you, but uh, Elon invited us to a secret moon mission. Yeah. That's yeah. why we, That's I couldn't even check we, we got there really quick. And really, really, really. It was, it was cool. Yeah. It, it was fun. It was probably the We're 10th st- longest break that Charlie's taken, but it was definitely the longest one that I've <laughs> taken away from all the stuff. Something like yeah. that. Is it rank in the top 10 as far as Charlie breaks? I'm not really sure. I did go to Italy this year for two whole weeks. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's so, a lot of competition for yeah. a longest break from Charlie. So, yeah, pretty much just a normal week. That's why I still have a little bit of hair. I um, I felt, <laughs> I felt you know, good to take all that time off. It's it's good to take a couple days. Okay, fine. fine. He didn't really have that much time off. I was texting him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it was fun. It was funny things. And um, I, you know, I was still on social media a little bit, but I just, I just didn't do anything. I didn't do anything related to the trading class. I didn't really do anything. I fired off a viral tweet before I got in my car and went to Illinois. <laughs> I mean, you know, like six, 700 retweets, something like that. That's, that's viral for our page for sure about something stupid. It's always got to be something dumb. That's how you actually get like a tweet. 3,000, 5,000 likes, something like that. Yeah, it, was, it, it did pretty well. I was, I was sitting on the couch. My wife's like standing by the door, ready to go up to Illinois. And I was like, hold on. I'm, I got to finish up this sick tweet that I'm working on right oh, now. Oh, did your wife get to go with you? She did go with me. That's nice. She did. Yeah. Well, that makes for a, a better holiday. It was great. We had all the So you foods. have some protection against your, mm. your regular a family. Buffer. Yeah, you had a yeah. buffer. For, it's always good to have a buffer. Two non-vaccinated yeah. people. And my though. family likes my wife way more than me, so it's it's always good. Puts them in a better mood. It's always nice to have your wife as a human shield. <laughs> that's that's you know that's how you defend the country. If not, I mean, why would you even get married? <laughs> yeah, right. There's really that's no point. Okay. Um. By the way, Charlie was about to tell everyone, tell everyone what this podcast is. It's Good Morning Liberty. This is a podcast. Mm-hmm. We talk we, on it. Mm-hmm. That's what they. That's what they are. All right. So hit follow. Yeah. That's if you're looking for people talking in the microphones about things, mm-hmm. then you're going to want to follow this podcast that's because we right. do that at, with with the best of them. I couldn't have said it better. That you're my, right about that myself. You could not have said it better. Yeah. But uh, well, I just wanted to say happy belated Thanksgiving to hey. everyone, and I hope yeah. I hope, and it may not be true for everyone, but I hope most people enjoyed some family time, and you know maybe got. Closer to your loved ones, as as Jordan Peterson would say, maybe you didn't have the the hateful, spiteful family infighting <laughs> that you're doomed to spend the holidays with. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if, if you did, then hopefully that gets better over time. And uh, I have to tell you that I really enjoyed the time away. That's why I take time away. Frequently. About once a week. Yeah. <laughs> once a week. And that's why I'm hated so much. Did anyone in the group have any fun vaccination conversations with their family let us know in the in the discord right now which you can join by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com and join for as little as five bucks a month tell me about your interesting vaccine conversations that you had you better get that thing because the gall darn omicron omicron 
coronavirus variant is out there to get us all. Omicron. This this news broke just in time for us to all have conversations with our family members about it. We could all sit around and get super worried. Everyone panicked. Market was down a whole bunch on Friday, right back up today. So I am glad that I bought the dip mm. in my IRA account on the on the S and P. That in, turned out to be a good buy so far. But let's talk I about mean, this thing. Just snuck up on us while everybody was trying to enjoy their weekend. Here we are trying to have some dead birds, and they throw this freaking variant at us. It's ridiculous. Trying to celebrate the national. Uh, American Indian Day from C- from CNN. It's the day that we come together to appreciate Native Americans. That's what Thanksgiving is. We're just thankful for the land. As fears mount over the newly identified coronavirus variant, Omicron. Governments around the world are scrambling to protect their citizens from a potential outbreak. It's, you got to get scared. Are you guys all scared with me? Man. I love how immediately the governments are just like... Scramble, yeah. scramble the fighter jets. There's a variant. <laughs> Everyone's running out there, grabbing their helmets. You oh, see all man. the government folks on two phones. <laughs> two phones <laughs> both time. ears. Protect our citizens. <laughs> citizens. Israel is banning all foreigners from entering the country in response to Omicron fears. Authorities announced Sunday the ban pending government approvals expected the last two weeks. Israelis returning from a country on the red list which includes countries in Southern Africa, will be required to isolate for seven days in a designated hotel. From what I heard, Mm. they did have one confirmed case of the Omicron variant. There are seven. Oh, there are seven suspected. You're going to hear suspected a lot in this. There are suspected cases in a lot of these countries. Two Omicron cases have been detected in Australia. How? They sent out the, the Omicron tests already. Wow, I don't yeah. understand how they how they confirmed any in Australia. Both, I mean, it, does I this virus pass through the app? It does. It goes through the new the new government phone apps. Mm. They have. they found out that that's where some of the transmissions coming from. Uh, both cases are people who are fully vaccinated and asymptomatic. Mm. This is super lock it down. Super worrying. Yeah, don't let anyone go anywhere. Australia. This is two weeks of shutdown to fight the Omicron. <laughs> Australia, you know, if there's, if you have a shutdown over nothing, then it's going to look successful. I wish, <laughs> they just would, I wish they would just finally call in, uh, you know, Optimus Prime to take care of this. I think we need to start firebombing places, honestly. Yeah. Get the napalm back out, man. I this mean, first we dangerous. had Decepticons with the Delta. And now we at the Omicrons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Om- Omicrons. Australia's banned the entry of foreigners who have traveled to nine southern African countries in the past 14 days. Meanwhile, South the South the Korea, <laughs> South Korea, also as it is known around my house, has imposed restrictions on travelers from eight southern African countries. Its Disease Control and Prevention Agency announced Saturday a suspected case of the variant was discovered in Western Austria. But although that has not been proven guilty in a court of law yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, scientists in the Czech Republic said one case of the Omicron variant was detected in a traveler who arrived from Southern Africa. And we killed him. <laughs> they killed him immediately <laughs> just to be safe and their cats. Yeah. By Saturday afternoon, two cases were confirmed in the UK, two others in Germany and one in Italy. Mm. Dozens more are suspected in the Netherlands and the Czech Republic. Top infectious disease experts in the U.S., Dr. Anthony. Sir, Dr. Anthony Fauci also said it was possible the new variant was already in his country, (laughs) but was yet to be detected. (laughs) Earlier... Earlier on Saturday. No, it's Dr. Science, Magoo, not Mr. Science. Earlier on Saturday, German authorities had identified a suspected case of the Omicron variant in Frankfurt from another passenger who returned from South Africa. This one must make your skin glow or something (laughs) for them to be able to detect these. Dutch health authorities are investigating whether 61 people traveling from South Africa who tested positive for COVID on Friday were infected with a new variant. They're investigating, but we need to talk about it. The WHO said late Friday that early evidence suggests the Omicron variant first identified in South Africa could, could pose an increased risk of reinfection and said that some of the mutations detected on the variant were concerning. I'm concerned. Mm. Are you concerned? They're very concerned about this. 
Lawrence Young, a virologist and professor of molecular oncology, said the Omicron variant was very worrying. That maybe more describes everyone listening to this very worrying, not really concerning. Quote, it is the most heavily mutated version of the virus we have seen to date. This variant carries some changes we've seen previously in other variants, but never all together in one virus. It also has novel mutations. The variant has a high number of mutations, about 50 overall. Crucially, South African genomic scientists said Thursday more than 30 of the mutations were found in the spike protein, the structure the virus uses to get into the cells they attack. I know everyone's all running in fear right now, scattered all about the place listening to this, but it gets worse. It's getting, it's going to get so much worse, man. It's it. I feel it. I mean, yeah. they're coming for us. Mm-hmm. Well, He's, they're super fearful in New York. So why don't you tell everyone about that? that you know, maybe we'll get into a little bit of libertarian ideology here, but these go during emergency declarations. Mm-hmm. They use them. Well, that's what our government is. Optimus Prime. <laughs> you know, they're fighting the all the cons out yeah. there. Yeah, I never watched the Transformers all, myself, all the so cons. I don't really get the any of the references. But oh, you don't know who Optimus Prime is. Well, I mean, I've heard it before. Yeah, this is Omicron Prime, though. It's a way worse. Optimus Prime. Yeah. Anyway, so um, just in case you guys were wondering whether or not uh, the governors would declare emergencies again, have no fear. Have no fear because Governor Kathy Hochul. Hochul, I think it's Hochul. But who cares, really? Kathy Ho. Joel mm-hmm. declares, quote, disaster emergency in New York. <laughs> it's a disaster. Until mid-January over Omicron. 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 New York Governor Kathy Holchel decided a disaster, uh, declared a disaster emergency for the state in anticipation <laughs> of the newly identified Omicron, Omicron variant of COVID-19. So... It's just an anticipatory order. Mm, They're just getting ready. We didn't want to do the lockdown, but we're, Mm -hmm. you know, just to anticipate it. The Democratic governor declared a state of emergency for the entire state of New York through January 15, 2022, when it will be evaluated if the order needs to be extended. The previous coronavirus-related state of emergency was enacted by former Governor Andrew Cuomo from March 7, 2020 until June 24, 2021. That's a long order. Mm Mm-hmm. Hochul admitted that there have yet to be any Omicron variant cases in New York State. But it's already a disaster. Disaster, yeah. Quote, we continue to see warning signs of spikes in COVID this winter, and while the new Omicron variant has yet to be detected in New York State, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. They told me it was coming. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Those people. I feel like people are excited about this. Some people. I don't. There's fine people on both sides, but I feel like some people are excited. Mm. You know, the state of emergency order enables seeing this is why they do this, by the way. So this just gives them more power. This is what we all talked about for the longest time. The state of emergency order enables a Holchul to temporarily suspend or modify any statute, local law, ordinance, order, rule or regulation in parts thereof of any agency during a state disaster emergency. If compliance with such statute, local law, ordinance, order, rule or regulation would prevent, hinder or delay action necessary to cope with disaster emergency or if necessary to assist or aid in coping with such disaster disaster. Now, to just break all that legal speak down for y'all. What that means is it just gives the governor more power. Well, to basically manipulate anything. Look into that a little bit more, though. They're able to suspend or modify any of those local laws, ordinance, orders, any of those, if those are found to prevent, hinder, or delay action necessary to cope with the disaster. Meaning they're like, you know, we got a bunch of regulations that really slow shit down right now. I think I need to have an emergency declaration to get rid of things that the government has done. <laughs> that I mean, that's not the only thing it's going to be used for, but, but only that's interesting. in an emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hochul is concerned about hospital capacity because medical care employees were forced out of the healthcare industry because of the New York's vaccine mandate. So it's not that they don't have enough beds, by the way. Yeah, that's when they say capacity. Yeah. That is a misleading term. Staffed beds. Former governor, uh, sexual assaultist, Andrew Cuomo. And grandmother killer. 
and grandmother killer. Mm-hmm. I missed that. He killed all the. He killed everyone's grandma in the freaking nursing. Oh, home. Oh, that's right. Man. That's right. Nursing home grandmother killer. Announced on uh, August 16 that all healthcare workers in New York State, including staff at hospitals and long-term care facilities, including nursing homes. Adult care and other congregate care settings will be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by Monday, September 27th. On Long Island, Mount Sinai South Nassau Medical Center temporarily closed earlier this week due to nursing staff shortages. Mm. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It wasn't they were overrun by the pandemic or anything. They they closed because they couldn't find enough nursing staff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Earlier this month, Upstate University Hospital in Syracuse announced it was temporarily closing 20% of patient beds due to ongoing shortage of nurses. Mm. Catholic Health Mercy Hospital in Buffalo announced on November 18th that it was expected to close until January 3rd, 2022, because of continued healthcare staffing shortages across the region and a sharp rise in COVID-19 patients at area hospitals. According to New York data, the state has a seven-day average of 34 cases per 100,000. Shut it down. Yeah, get rid of it. That's more than one. Shut it down. (laughs) Of New Yorkers over the age of 18, there are 90% who have had one COVID-19 vaccine dose and 80% who are fully vaccinated. Yeah. And this is why, finally, my wife is getting paid what she deserves. (laughs) Because of supply and demand. Supply and demand. How about that? It's an amazing thing. Isn't that weird? So it wasn't just some virtuous angel came in or anything like that. It actually just ended up being supply and demand. That's really what it was. Okay, so just to take a little break here, we're going to (laughs) play a message from Dr. Science that I have heard on some other stuff today, but I really wanted to play this because it's ridiculous. I don't know if y'all have heard it yet, but good Lord, this gets my good Lord award today. Why do you feel so strongly about that, about staying on the job when you become, I mean, you were personally, not just rhetorically, threatened your security, your safety, your family. Yeah. How did you deal with that? I dealt with it by focusing on what my job is. From the time that I went into medicine to the right now where I am at my age, my job has been totally focused on doing what I can with the talents and the influence I have to make scientific advances to protect the health of the American public. So anybody who spends lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense, (laughs) that's noise, Margaret. That's noise. I know what my job is. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. (laughs) I have to laugh at that. (laughs) I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? (laughs) Do you think that this is... What a deflection, by the way. We're just halfway through the video, but you know when the nervous laugh comes in that, you know... (laughs) (laughs) That's me. I'm I'm laughing to show you just how ridiculous that is. You can't can't arrest me. Do you you know who I am? You think I should be prosecuted for lying under oath, which has basically been proven? What about... A bunch of unproven rhetoric nonsense about January 6th. (laughs) Let's not talk about me right here. Let's talk about you. Oh, man, it's great. About making you a scapegoat to deflect from President Trump. Of course. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. What softball questions? A lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim. Here's the question. There have been some who said that they're doing this... uh, to make you a scapegoat for deflecting attention from President Trump. Are, aren't you a scapegoat? Aren't you a scapegoat? Well, yes, of course I am. <laughs> of course I am. Thank you, Thank you for that really tough question. Yes. But I will tell you the truth on this. Yes, I am. And by the way, you know that this is all true and this is all real because their backdrop in this are the studio lights. They're showing you just how real these two people are sitting down here talking it's is like almost like a candid behind the scenes conversation. And that's, you know, it's just a little stuff that they do right there. They actually start showing the studio lights, which maybe we'll need to do. Yeah, I'll show you All of ours scenes, are off right? camera. So there's some the studio scenes. lights. Uh, they're, they're that, they're right. there's one right there. There's a couple more right up over here. You see just how real this thing is? Yeah, look at look that. Look at this real conversation we're having right now. All right, let's go. Game at this. I mean, 
That's okay. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives, and they're going to be lying. It seems another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death. Exactly. Exactly. And to me, that's, that's unbelievably bad, because all I want to do is save people's lives. I mean, anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. (laughs) (laughs) I, I am science. I gotta hear that. I don't know again, if you heard this, but I am science. Also, when he was like, when he was like, I, I'm trying to save lives. That's all I want to do. How dare you? Yeah, come at me. I'm just saving lives. You're gonna attack the person who's saving lives? Really? <laughs> How dare you? That I means, am science. That means that you must not want to save lives mm-hmm. when you're attacking me. You just want to play politics right now. I got to hear this I'm science thing again. He didn't learn from the first time no. that he did this. He still talks about himself in the third person. You know, when you're criticizing Tony Fauci, you know, you're, you're really criticizing science and he's doubling down on this thing. Mm-hmm. Aim their bullets at Tony Fauci. Well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. <laughs> Oh, okay. I just thought we should take that little break to hear a message from Dr. Science. From Dr. Science. A lot of great deflection in there, and it's not hard to deflect when you're getting thrown those kind of questions. Yeah. You know, with the, I mean, it's just the leading, the, the leading of the question is so good. That you're the smartest <laughs> medical doctor <laughs> that we have, and the rest of the Americans that oppose yeah. you are just deplorable. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I would. <laughs> I, I absolutely would say that. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I mean, I, once again, I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed with the, I mean, this is face the, the ease nation. that they show when they're doing this. Yeah, this is face this, the nation. This, this is, is real yeah, stuff right here. Tough. Okay, This is real hard truth hitting facts right here. Okay. Let's get into a little bit more about what we're going to get from Omicron. Vaccine inequity and hesitancy made the Omicron variant more likely, scientists say. Now we're going to get into some, a little bit, a little bit further into the weeds here, but from CNN, who only reports factual things, you know, that's really all they do. There's really no politics behind what they do at all. Many of the world's richest countries have spent the past year hoarding coronavirus vaccines buying up enough doses to vaccinate their population several times over and consistently failing to deliver on their promises to share doses with the developing world. Well, that's because we... And the pharmaceutical companies hate this. It's because we, yeah, we need a new dose every couple months. There's no telling how soon we're going to need them. Man. Uh, let's see. The, the WHO said the approach was self-defeating and immoral. It is, it is us. Hey, Joe is stepping up right here. He says he would like to donate his vaccine to Africa. And you know what? I will do the same. My dose, let's go ahead and just send that over to Africa. That is totally fine. I'm the selfish one. Yep. You took yours selfishly. Without thinking about anybody else. Omicron has probably emerged in another country and has been detected in South Africa, which is very, very good genomic sequencing capability. It, it, it might well be a consequence of an outbreak, probably in some parts of sub-Saharan Africa, where there's not a huge amount of genomic surveillance going on and vaccination rate is low. Michael Head said no, real, that was all speculation right there. I'm not saying it like we trace this back to a place. Okay, uh, Michael Head. Head said the emergence of new variants was a natural consequence of being too slow to vaccinate the world. That's, that's what this is. You know what? This is, this is capitalism. This is greed. This is selfishness. This is inequity and inequality that we're getting right now. Okay, we still have large unvaccinated populations like we have across sub-Saharan Africa, and these are susceptible to big outbreaks. But scientists and public health experts and advocates have warned that the huge gap between vaccination rates in the developing and developing world is likely to blame. 
Jeremy Farrar, the director of Welcome Trust, a health research charity, said the new variant shows why the world needs to ensure more equitable access to vaccines and other public health tools. By the way, at this same time, uh, Biden came out once again over the Thanksgiving break saying that we need to not honor the patents for the companies that they need to be sharing all the technology once again. So these kind of things go go hand in hand. All right. New variants are a reminder, if we needed it, that the pandemic is far from over. He said on Twitter, inequity is what will extend the pandemic. Mm. You guys worried about the pandemic? Inequity is the reason that we still have it. And it's far from over. Mm-hmm. According By to the way, it's never going to end. No, no. Well, we're going to talk about the endemic side of things. The fact that it will always be here in just a little bit. According to the WHO, not the band, it's the World Health Organization. For anyone confused on that, only 7.5% of people in low-income countries have received at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccine. Across the eight countries most affected by the travel bans related to the Omicron variant, the proportion of populations that have had at least one vaccine dose ranges from 5.6 to 37%. Meanwhile, 63.9% of people in high-income countries have received at least one shot, according to the WHO. Or to WHO. In both the European Union and the United States, around 70% of people have received at least one shot. All right. So this is all just inequity. It's selfishness, greed, all these things. We have to get rid of these Which evil capitalist why countries. Why are they saying the numbers for one for one shot? <laughs> the one shot does basically nothing for you. So they can make it sound better when they're talking about the developed nations. One shot gives you like 40%. Yeah. And then after six months, it's down to zero. Two shots gives you 90%. And then after six months, it's down to like 30%. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, let's see. Gordon Brown said the failure. But, you, that, but I, I'm just pointing out how they use certain things mm-hmm. when it's through their favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just want to show a large disparity. So it's like, oh, well, you know, these people have only had 7%. They've only had one dose. Whereas these other countries, their one dose is 70%. Yeah. That's so they can get the biggest number from those mm-hmm. countries that have had vaccines to show that disparity. Like you're saying. That's 100 times as much. Gordon Brown, failure to put back vaccines into the arms of people in the developing world is now coming back to haunt us. We were forewarned, and yet here we are. In the absence of mass vaccination, COVID is not only spreading uninhibited among unprotected people, but is mutating, with new variants emerging out of the poorest countries and now threatening to unleash themselves on even fully vaccinated people in the richest countries in the world. That are asymptomatic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I keep having to hit mute to uh, cough over here. Oh. Mm, I was, yeah, sorry. I was around a bunch of vaccinated people for the last week, so <laughs> I probably caught something. You've got the, <laughs> probably Omicron. That, uh, it feels kind of Omicron-y. Yeah. Did you see any Decepticons while you were at Just your- the Omicrons. That's all I saw. Yeah, that's all I saw. So just a sidebar here for a minute. Notice that what we're talking about is how the spread of these diseases in Africa are affecting us. And it would be a good idea for us to vaccinate all the people in Africa. That way we don't have to deal with the problems of things mutating from, from these other countries. And I put in there, I see I'm finding something kind of disgustingly selfish about this, the push to, to push it because there's a lot of things that people die from. In, in Africa already. There's already a lot of things that people die from. And malaria, tuberculosis, HIV, all kinds of stuff around there that people die from. And for a while, you know, we, we, we have charities that go on and, and vaccinate people or treat people that have all these things in these other countries. But right now, where we're getting the really big push from the top down is because this might affect us. And now we need to do something about it. I, got, I started digging into some of the numbers for things like malaria and tuberculosis in Africa. And I found some articles from, uh, from The Who talking about how excess deaths in Africa from malaria are going to be between 100 and 200,000 in 2020. The year previous, it had declined by 10, per, by 10% from 2018 to 2019. Mm. Uh, but it increased by, by uh, probably 30% in 2020 because of the lack of treatment because the lack of resources from them being shut off from countries locking down from all of our capital being destroyed over this time. And you have uh, between 100 and 200,000 more deaths than there would normally be from malaria. 
just in Africa. Now, there have been about 220,000 deaths from COVID in Africa right now. And now we've also added in maybe upwards of 200,000 more deaths from malaria. Also, uh, they're estimating about 200,000 more deaths from tuberculosis in 2020 than there were. So both they doubled of the, the numbers. <clears throat> both of these numbers have been going down year over year. They've been decreased, uh, like cut in half over the last 15 years or so. And then all of a sudden we had these massive jumps last year when charities weren't doing as much work there. There, were, there wasn't as much capital going into uh, people doing that work around there. It's, you know, the point of me saying this is Africa has other things other than COVID that they have to worry about. And we're going to have all this talk about how we need to vaccinate Africa from COVID, from, from something that a couple hundred thousand people have died from. What about the things that over a million people have died from in 2020 in Africa? Why aren't we freaking out about those things? It's because these people don't actually care. That's not really what it's all about. They need someone to blame first off. We've got to blame capitalism. We've got to blame greed and selfishness and patents and that whole system, all of that for, the, for these deaths. Well, no one's out here talking about the, the million people that died from other things that we've already got cures for in, in the developed world. It's because none of these people on the left talking about this actually care. They, they don't, unless it could potentially affect them. That's really it. So they're selfish. Yeah, unless it affects them or used used for their agenda mm-hmm. of saying, look what you evil people are doing who are not vaccinating yourselves. And then the pharmaceutical companies want America to buy more vaccines and send them over to Africa. Yeah. Of course. And um, speaking... And Todd, hang on. Todd asked yeah. a question, a very important question here, which is, what is the hospitalization rate of the new variant? We're about to get about to get to that after we talk and about the all the panic is, fear. Before we even get to anything, is it doesn't matter, Todd. Do you hear... <laughs> There's a new variant. Yeah. Omicron. Who cares? It's scary. It's scary. They gave it a scary name. They skipped over, by the way, the, uh, the old XI, um, the old XI Greek alphabet because, uh, because of China's president. <laughs> they didn't say that, but oh, we'll just randomly skip a couple letters here and go yeah. on to Omicron because that's what it sounds like. That's definitely why they it did that. It doesn't matter, Todd. We'll get, to, yeah, we will Just um, panic. Step I'm sh- one panic. I'm sure Todd knows what it is, and we'll be we'll be getting to that. The alarm. We're recording this episode from our bunker right now. Oh yeah, I'm scared. I we, told Nate this morning I ordered a hundred thousand dollars worth of plastic to wrap my house this morning, so there's yeah. no going back now. I don't know why you got such cheap plastic to wrap your house in. You just just wrap it around your face. It's all I could afford after paying everybody around your face as hard as possible. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Um, so, you know, we just I just talked a little bit about this problem where way more people in Africa are dying from things that the numbers have been decreasing before the COVID pandemic. And so they're dying because of the COVID pandemic. They're dying because of the response to the COVID pandemic as why they're actually dying. But now look at what we're doing, restricting all this travel to these countries and some of the uh, restricting voting and all kinds of stuff. some yeah. of the some of the. Um, People in charge in Africa are coming out talking about how this is terrible. And even the WHO is out here saying that we don't need to be doing these bans on travel. And here's why. The alarm of the rise in the hospitalization, infant hospitalizations, they were talking about that, came as South Africa, its neighbors and African leaders denounced the travel bans that were hastily implemented by developed nations after news of the variant first broke. The WHO on Monday said that bans discourage countries from being transparent about their work on the virus. So what they're saying is that if you are in a developing country and you discover something, this is making it less likely that you're actually going to tell people about it because you're scared that they're going to restrict all of your travel and that they're going to restrict probably a lot of other trade and things like that. They're going to be restricting. It's going to really hurt the people in your country. So now they're finding out, well, if we find something, we just don't need to tell anyone about it because then they're going to end up killing people in our country in a bunch of other ways. South Africa and Botswana should be thanked for detecting, sequencing, and reporting this variant. Not penalized, said the WHO. Our current system disincentivizes countries from alerting others to threats that will inevitably land on their shores. The Omicron variant has already been detected in more than a dozen countries and is thought to be present in more The decisions have reignited the debate begun early in the pandemic about the effectiveness and fallout of travel bans on particular countries in a globalized world. Mm. So we can just go. The health minister, Matume Joseph Pala, 
characterized the bans as an attempt to try and give a false sense of security from this pandemic to the citizens of those countries. This is from CNN. Yeah. Huh. A false sense of security. Malawi's president, Lazarus Chakwera. (laughs) Meanwhile, I always say it, by the way, in the way that um, Norm MacDonald said the names of the the moths in his moth joke. Mm. By the way, that's always what's in my mind when I'm saying this. Uh, Gregaro Adelinovich. Anyway. (laughs) Meanwhile, said the band suggested a fear of Africa among some countries. These are racist bands. What's happening right now? I think, yeah. This is misogynistic. It's xenophobic. Clayson Maniela, spokesman for the South Africa's foreign ministry, said the same briefing that he is especially disappointed in fellow African nations that have restricted travel from South Africa because they understand the impact these bans can have on the tourism sector and the broader economic recovery. And said it is sad, unwarranted, and not based on science. Adding that he and other officials are engaging with those countries to persuade them to reverse their decision. Okay. So, more of the same, I guess. Hey, we uh, got some really bad results from all the previous... Lo- By the way, you go to these lockdowns, you go to these travel restrictions, did that... What did, what did that do? Didn't we do travel restrictions already? Oh, it clearly worked. <laughs> I mean, you're literally going to something that seriously did not work at all. Mm. I don't know if you guys know, but Delta, all over the place. The thing is, you have to do something. <laughs> it's, that's That's yeah. true. Because the, they're yeah. scram- you don't blame the government officials. They're scrambling here. Yeah. Okay? They're the ones scrambling to protect you, Nate. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. you can do on your own whatsoever. And this, I mean, this, obviously, this variant sounds so dangerous. It's, it's a very dangerous sounding variant. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, them. But, but how dangerous is it? Them banning people from traveling and being free is is necessary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the security of a free nation yes exactly that's how i felt about it too but yeah no i mean in, in a serious note my, take away my facetious side um it, it, it i don't know it's more of the same of what we talked i feel like we're in this loop we're in a constant loop mm-hmm. you know the new matrix is coming out maybe maybe we'll <laughs> take a pill and figure some things out <laughs> yep hopefully one day but we're in this constant loop where governments keep trying the same things over and over and over again continuing to fail making things worse but then they have things to blame it on mm-hmm. and then if you come after them for the decisions that they've made well you're attacking science yeah yeah science himself and uh it's gonna be really sad when fauci dies i was just thinking about that yeah then science is gone no more science. Hopefully he stays alive forever. The death so. of science. And and what's interesting is, we talked about this before, um, about incentives and closing down the economy and what all of these things happen, uh, where more people actually end up being hurt or dying as a result of something, uh, to where the old saying, the ends don't justify, or the means don't justify, the ends, the end doesn't justify the means. Yeah. And so we're doing all these things with, and I'm not, again, I think COVID's dangerous, especially to older people. Uh, I will continue to say that. And I think that you should do things to protect yourself. But we've clearly seen now over almost two years that the measures that we've taken haven't really done anything to curb anything. Yeah, but Charlie, imagine how much worse it would have been if we wouldn't have done that. It's caused more damage than what the actual virus would have done. That's just a right-wing conspiracy theory. Probably. Yeah. And so we need to seriously consider um, all the ways human beings can die and what's the best way to approach something like this. Yeah. That's just a serious fact. Which is anti-science, I know. Just between malaria and tuberculosis, you might have twice as many people dying from those two things as have died from COVID. The more people dying from those two things, which which are a consequence of our response to COVID and all of the policies that have been put in place and people will still act like they're out there saving lives because the only lives that matter are the ones that die of COVID. That's it. Then if you save people from COVID, who cares if you killed a million other people, you know, that doesn't really matter because we stop people from dying from COVID. 
That's it. All right. So how dangerous is it, Charlie? It doesn't. Well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you how dangerous it is, but keep in mind this no, doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter. No, because you guys need to be very up, you know, worried about this. Uh, from Reuters, South African doctor says patients with Omicron variant have very mild symptoms. But this is clearly a South African doctor. What do, yeah. they, what do they know? They don't know anything about yeah, anything. Uh, the South African doctor who was one of the first to suspect a different coronavirus strain among patients said on Sunday that symptoms of the Omicron variant were so far mild and could be treated at home. Dr. Angelique Coetzee is what I'm guessing. Angelique Coetzee, chair of the South African Medical Association, toyed Reuters on November 18th. She noticed seven patients at her clinic who had symptoms different from the dominant Delta variant, albeit very mild. Coetzee said a patient on November 18th reported at her clinic being extremely fatigued for two oh my days God. with body aches and headache. I wonder if that was hair loss. Extremely fatigued. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about hair loss in here yet. Symptoms at that stage was very much related to normal viral infection. And because we haven't seen COVID-19 for the past eight to 10 weeks, we decided to test, she said. Because <laughs> they hadn't seen COVID for the past eight Adding to 10 weeks. The patient and his family turned out to be positive. We have seen a lot of Delta patients turning the third wave. And this doesn't fit in the clinical picture. Um, she alerted Nick D. <laughs> she alerted NICD on the same day with the clinical results. Why didn't you tell us anything, Nick D? Most of them are seeing very, very mild symptoms, and none of them so far have admitted patients to surgeries. We have been able to treat these patients conservatively at home. That's very scary. That's, yeah. Coetzee, who is also on the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines, said unlike the Delta, so far patients have not reported loss of smell or taste, and there has been no major drop in oxygen levels with the new variant. I can barely even stay in this room right now. I I'm so scared breathe. to be with you. I can't breathe right, yeah. right now. This is hard to get the words out. I'm, you're, you're tearing up a little bit. I mean, thinking about the, the, the pain. The fatigue. The <laughs> extreme fatigue. For two days, the people are going through with this. It's awful. It's, uh, yeah. Trying to find the words. Mm -hmm. Her experience so far has been that the variant is affecting people who are 40 or younger. Almost half of the patients with Omicron symptoms that she treated were not vaccinated. Three and a half people. Well, let's read seven, that again. Right? Almost half of the patients with symptoms she treated were not vaccinated. What's another way of saying that? Half of the patients with over, Omicron. Over half of the patients that she treated were vaccinated. Were vaccinated. Is another way of yeah, saying that. Over. But almost half of them were not vaccinated. <laughs> That's so good. Or almost, over half of them were. were vaccinated. Three and a half people vaccinated. In a place where they don't have extremely high vaccination numbers, by the way. So you can't use that. You know, we talked about that argument coming from states in the well, U.S. They, well, most of the people in the hospital are vaccinated. Well, that's because when you get the 95% vaccination, yeah, most of the people that end up in the hospital are still going to be people that are vaccinated. You vaccinate everyone. You can't say, well, 100% of people in the hospital are vaccinated. Therefore, it doesn't work. No, you're talking about a country where they don't have high vaccination numbers and still over half the people that she treated were vaccinated. And I think there were seven patients. So that means four people had the Omicron symptoms and were vaccinated. Three people did not. Yeah. Imagine that. The most predominant clinical complaint is severe fatigue for one or two days. With them, the headache and body aches and pain. I think I had this, actually. Mm -hmm. I had a headache over the weekend. I had it all, all weekend, right I after was, right after Thanksgiving dinner. I ate a giant meal, had a headache, and I was tired. Mm -hmm. I took a nap, and you know, I was close to death. Just recovered from Omicron, man. That's crazy. Let me tell you. Quote, it's all speculation at this stage, said Coatsy, but we're going to declare emergency. <laughs> You know, declare an emergency. It may be it's highly transmissible, but so far the cases we are see, uh, seeing are extremely mild. Maybe two weeks from now I will have a different opinion, but this is what we are seeing. So are we seriously worried? No, we are concerned and we watch what's happening. But for now we're saying, okay, there's a whole t uh, hype out there. We're not sure why. So the doctor who discovered saying that there's Clearly a lot of she's a flat earther a lot of a lot of hype out there and they're not sure why <laughs> i can't i don't even believe a word she says now i know it turns I out all that, of them were unvaccinated mm -hmm. turns out she actually participated in the january 6th insurrection and uh, was a major she was uh, a part of she actually had a, a maga hat on during this interview mm. 
Yeah, from what I could tell. A MAGA. Uh, <clears throat> MAGA hat, yeah. Yeah, make mm-hmm. America great again again. She has ties to people who have donated to Trump's campaign. Yes. So you guys know the thing, okay? She clearly was a part of the Trump campaign. I bet she's from Russia. <clears throat> and here, <laughs> here to also from Russia, yeah. To the, to the bigger picture, there's a story in Slate, just a fine publication, okay? Fine on both sides. It's called Against Off-Ramps. Now, first, I was like, I don't, I mean, we need off-ramps. Like, you're on interstate or highway, whatever, you need to be able to get off of it. This article is ridiculous. So I clicked on when it. You, when you were on an on-ramp. Yeah. There has to be. Need an off-ramp. So you need to have off-ramps, but they're against off-ramps. I mean, you can... You could go off the on-ramp. I guess you if could. You needed to. But does that make it an off-ramp? It makes it an on-ramp. you're using ramp. that. Is it the context of the usage I think that it's determines an what kind ramp. of... An Omicron ramp. Yeah, okay. that's what it is. Okay, so I clicked on this. I was like, what the heck is this thing right here? Even the picture, by the way, was a picture of an interstate off-ramp. <laughs> what are we talking about right now? No, they're, they're calling off-ramps... Off, off ramps is what they're calling ways to get out of all of the COVID restrictions. So the interstate is we're on this, we're on this road following all of these rules and procedures for COVID restrictions and people are looking for off ramps. How do we get away from doing these restrictions? When can we go back to normal? And Slate has this beautifully worded article about how we need to stop worrying about going back to normal because Look, people thought it was normal, and now we have a new variant, so you can just really never go back to normal, is what it's all about. And that is really the big picture idea for today, which is that we're going to have a hard time ever going back to normal, because a lot of people don't want to ever go back to normal, and there will always be a new variant of this thing. Every year, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a new variant. Well, and the world ends in about 10 years, so... That's true. It's probably going to go on forever. That's true. And, you know, one good thing about this... That's what we need anyway. We need an asteroid to take out this virus. We do. That is actually the surest way to to get rid of it. Just a hard reset. Yeah. (laughs) Just turn Earth off and back on again. That's what needs to happen. (laughs) Unplug it. Plug it back in. (laughs) So we're never... I don't know if we're ever going to go back to a world where there aren't these restrictions. Because every time you get a new story about seven cases in South Africa or one person in Israel or two people in Australia, we go back to all of these travel bans because as we've been talking about for going on freaking two years now, a lot of people think that the only viable answer is zero is eradication of COVID, that that's it. If, if we don't eradicate COVID, then we have to go through this forever. They're going to start doing this with the flu also, by the way. I've been seeing a lot of stories about these big flu outbreaks at colleges, stuff like that. They're going to start implementing restrictions because of the flu. And the other argument will be that the flu is more dangerous for young people than COVID. So we actually have to do more restrictions for the flu. That's going to be their argument. All right. So, and again, soft ramps, they say people are tired of the pandemic. They really want to know when it can stop. There's been a lot of talk in the media about needing off ramps. This refers to having concrete metrics that signal when it's time to get rid of one bothersome safety measure or another, like mass testing requirements or capacity restrictions. We are on the highway of pandemic restrictions, this thinking goes. And in order to endure one more second of this car ride, we need to at least know when we will be allowed to get off at an exit. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We're not there yet, there unfortunately. Yet? There and th- yet? that's what all, all the people on the right, the evil right wingers, they're just the, the annoying kids in the car saying, are we there yet the whole time? And me, I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. We got to stop. We got to get out of here. Okay. Now, it was only two weeks to flatten the curve. That's... It's, that's it. Mm. That's it. And now uh, what they're making the argument for here is that we don't need this concrete data. But I do think that that would be helpful. Like, hey, what's the goal? What, what are we doing here? What is the goal? Can we measure it? Yeah. Can someone say what the death number is, the daily death or the daily case number that is our goal to where the government will will stop trying to take away everyone's liberties. I mean, they let a certain amount of mouse turds in your cereal. I know. So what? How many mouse t- COVID mouse turds are we allowed mm. to have before we deem this okay? You I know, might, look, one COVID death is too many, but there has to be there has to be a line drawn somewhere. 
That's why we have to accept the fact that there will always be COVID deaths. There will always be COVID cases. We don't even really talk about the deaths anymore. We just keep talking about new cases. Like we should just talk every time someone gets sick. We need to talk about it because that's never happened before throughout history. No one was getting sick in 2019. We need to publicize every single time people get sick. You guys realize that the numbers, the numbers wouldn't have looked that different for like, oh my God, this person just caught a coronavirus in 2019. Oh, look at all these coronavirus cases that are out there. There would have been quite a few of them still. Okay, a recent opinion piece in the New York Times also echoes that rhetoric for children. Some experts believe now that kids can get vaccinated. It's time to consider when we can get rid of masks in schools. Off-ramps have been discussed when it comes to routine asymptomatic testing. They've been posed as a salve for Americans who are just tired of following rules. Just Americans who are tired of following rules. That's what it is. You and I, we just don't like following rules. All you people listening to the show right now, that's it. You just don't like rules. You're a rule breaker. And if you were like a nice, you know, well put together person, good person, then you would be fine with following rules. But you're just a bunch of crazy outlaws out there. Beyond appearing in the articles that are a bit out of touch, the off-ramp analogy itself poses a few problems. It applies an individual responsibility framework that has failed consistently throughout this pandemic and ignores the safety of anyone who is unable to get vaccinated by a deadline or who might not be protected by the vaccine for medical reasons. It ignores the fact that the situation with the virus can change. It's no wonder that after advising vaccinated adults no longer had to wear masks this summer, the CDC had to quickly reverse its position. All right. So in that whole word salad that just happened right there, first off, they talked about how Individual responsibility, that's not something we can rely on. I mean, because look how much individual responsibility failed throughout the pandemic. It wasn't any of the restrictions or anything like that. It was just individual responsibility. And this analogy also ignores the safety of people who are not protected by the vaccines. And inside of that, what they were saying is we will never stop these restrictions. Because COVID will always be here. There will always be immunocompromised people who are not protected by the vaccines. And so, therefore, we cannot do anything that would actually uh, put any risk on those people when it comes to COVID. All right, so why not base the off-ramps on local levels of cases? This is the second issue with the framing. It treats the removal of restrictions as a final destination. Here's the problem with this analogy it treats the removal of restrictions as a final destination. We can't do this. Once you go barreling down the exit ramp, there's no looping back around to return to the highway. So their problem is... There's no more on ramps. ...that once we get rid of the restrictions, then we won't have any more restrictions. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big problem. And despite what you might believe about the, the left hating restrictions, they... They love them. They're very restrictive. When it comes to what they need. A little bit more here. I do not mean to say that we should be simply masking forever or even that we will need to do it consistently for the next few years. But I think there are better ways for us to communicate a shift in advice. Ones that take into account the likelihood that as long as the pandemic is still happening, things will very likely shift again in the near future. So we can't actually ever take away these restrictions. We can't take away this bureaucracy because we've got to have this consistently because anytime COVID pops up, we're going to need to continue doing this. And this is the case, by the way, everyone. This isn't going away. That's why we continue talking about it. It's something that we're going to have to live with. And by this isn't going away, I mean the COVID restrictions and COVID. Neither one of them are going away. This, there is one off-ramp we do legitimately need, and that is the off-ramp to the entire pandemic. This will happen when the disease becomes endemic. What an endemic virus looks like is not a basic fact of biology. It's largely up to public health authorities. Okay, so we'll just wait for the public health authorities to let us know when something has become endemic. Dr. Science. Yeah, to agree, uh, to agree on when the virus will be endemic, we need clear metrics on what an endemic phase of COVID will look like. So then at the very end of it, they say, actually, we need clear metrics to tell us when something is endemic. Yeah, we actually need the data. Yeah. And this has been the problem the whole time. Lack of transparency. Mm-hmm. People don't trust it. And so they're saying, screw you. Yeah. And I'm proud of them, you know? 
Um, we So we have a couple things that are outside of this whole conversation that we've been having so far today. It just depends oh, I on... I saw some interesting things about this. There's a couple... You know, there's one really weird thing in here I wanted to, to talk about. But if you wanted to just touch on this a little pop subject, culture, just a little bit of pop culture mm. trial going for you right now about the, you know, the person who didn't kill himself. A trial that's not in the spotlight, really. <laughs> yeah. I've seen more coverage of this on TikTok than I have anywhere else. <laughs> Seriously. There's people going through the, uh, the depositions and stuff. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so just switching gears to some sex trafficking. Quick, <laughs> to, a little bit of light sex trafficking to, conversation. To, to round out this, yeah. you know, happy episode. <laughs> so opening statements are set to begin in the sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine, Ghislaine. It's either Ghislaine or Gislaine. I'm not really Gis- sure which one it is. Gislaine Maxwell from NPR.org. Uh, opening arguments are expected again Monday in the federal sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, the once prominent uh, socialite who stands accused of helping disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein exploit and abuse multiple girls. He's just disgraced. I love it when, uh, by the way, they call people socialites. Yeah, uh, in, I hear it when I'm watching Dateline and stuff all the time. Like, oh, she was a beloved socialite. You know what that means? She just, she just had money. She didn't have a job. Yeah. She just went to parties and stuff. You know, that's really what it is. It reminds me, uh, have you seen... It's like a... <laughs> we went and watched House of Gucci last night. I saw I saw some previews for that. It didn't look too bad. It wasn't great. Yeah. It was, it was such a cool story, and they just did a terrible job telling it. It was too long... And it just was, I don't know, it just wasn't good. It wasn't my cup of tea. Mm. But there was a part in it, uh, I don't care about ruining it. I really don't. Well, it's not spo- a what we say a spoiler alert, skip spoiler ahead. Alert. Skip ahead one minute. Skip ahead one minute. Yeah. Um, there was a part in there where the father. The father. Yeah, the father asked the girl wanting to marry the, the son of Gucci. Uh, he, she, uh, he was like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I work in the family business. But then she was like, I, my, what are your skills? She's like, I'm a very social person. That was her skill set. She was a socialite, literally. And that she literally told the... Um, That's an important one. Yeah. The, one of the biggest owners of Gucci before he died. And um, and so I thought that was kind of Well, I don't really think that gave away any of the no plot. Someone was a I social didn't. person. Mm. No, okay. Anyway. And I love, I love how they say that he's just a disgraced financier, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, so she helped Jeffrey Epstein allegedly exploit and abuse multiple girls, including one as young as 14 over nearly a decade. A decade. A decade. Mm-hmm. In the aftermath of Epstein's apparent death by suicide, at least they got that right. Apparent death by mm-hmm. suicide. In 2019, the highly anticipated trial is seen as a government's best and perhaps last opportunity to secure a conviction for his alleged crimes. I'm sure a lot of people in the government are very worried about Yeah. Very worried about this. Maxwell, 59, is being tried on multiple trafficking-related counts, including enticing minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts and sex trafficking a minor. The indictment also accuses her of conspiracy, including using one of Epstein's victims to recruit other girls to engage in paid sex acts with Epstein, which she did. Maxwell has (laughs) pleaded not guilty. Prosecutors for the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York allege that from around 1994 until at least 2004, uh, Gislaine assisted, facilitated, and contributed to Jeffrey Epstein's abuse of minor girls by, among other things, helping Epstein to recruit, groom, and ultimately abuse their victims. So will accusations against powerful men be heard? Will this be heard? Maxwell and Epstein's most viable accuser, who has said her... Visible. uh, Sorry, visible accuser who has said their alleged misdeeds also include procuring underage girls for Epstein's wealthy and powerful friends is not expected to testify in the trial. Isn't that, isn't that special? Now, I saw something interesting. Apparently the lead prosecutor on this case was also somehow involved in Jeffrey Epstein's business. I, uh, I, I would believe it. I haven't seen that. Yeah. But... I need to, lo- I need to look further into it, but allegedly, Allegedly, someone made a video was talking that about trials it. later. Yeah. And so I was like, man, 
Is the government really just going to keep covering this up? Probably. So probably the biggest accuser, uh, who they think could name names, is not testifying. Hmm. hmm. Maybe that was an attempt to keep old Jizzling alive this whole time. Maybe. I don't know. In her deposition that was made public last year, uh, Jerife. Uh, who knows, man? Jerife. Let's. We'll just call her the most visible named, accuser. <laughs> she's the most visible accuser. Named a number of high-profile men with whom she said she was told to have sex, including Britain's Prince Andrew, former U.S. Senator George Mitchell, and attorney Alan Dorschwich. All three men have denied the allegations. By this person isn't going to be testifying. I know. It's weird, even though she's um, she's allegated people in government and in Britain's government. That is, yeah, it's that's Britain's weird. Royalty by excluding her from the case, prosecutors are dodging a potential risk. Records, photos, and witness statements have supported her claims, but as she has acknowledged, there have been inconsistencies in her timeline of key events. So the prosecution is excluding her from the case. Now, since when? The prosecution. Ask yourself when. <laughs> A prosecutor has ever been like, yeah, well, you know, the defense can maybe poke holes in the story, so we're yeah. not going to use that. Uh, we're not going to use that testimony. Yeah. What? We have, we have a video of Gage Grossquitz pointing a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse, and we're going to put him up on the stand. You know, here's a person who made all these accusations, but name names of very prominent figures. And you know what? Their timeline wasn't exactly accurate. Even though photos and other witness statements have supported their claims, the timeline wasn't perfectly accurate. So we're just not going to have her testify. That's amazing. This is insane. <laughs> Prosecutors will draw on Maxwell's own records, her black book, a record of friends and contacts. The FBI acquired a copy of the book in 2009 when Epstein's former butler, Alfredo Rodriguez, attempted to sell it. <laughs> I got I got the black book. <laughs> The prosecution has said it plans to use only limited portions of the book. Redacted. Redacted. But they also say testimony during the trial will prove that the book belonged to Maxwell and that it contains compelling evidence of her guilt, according to a recent court filing. But just her guilt? We're not going to go after anyone else mm -mm. that's been implicated in this whatsoever. We don't want to harm anyone else by having their names mentioned in this trial. We don't want this to get out anywhere. No. And this is, you know, this is, oh man, more of the same. Yeah, more of the same. And that's why I say I've seen more coverage of this on TikTok because people are actually going through all of these depositions and literally, I mean, they're showing them on the screen, like legit depositions. And this is something I want to look into because it's very, it's very interesting of how they're just going to keep covering this up mm -hmm. because it's been very, very, very high profile people involved in this. I mean, you're talking about Bill Gates. Now, is this the Bill Clinton? Is this the Pizzagate thing? A lot of bills that everybody said was. Nah, I mean, it wasn't theory? the exact Pizzagate thing, but I think this was more of like, oh yeah, see, we were right about the left having this crazy thing going. I don't know. I don't I know. I mean, the Pizzagate thing. Pizzagate adjacent. Magoo said, "It's just more proof that Pizzagate was true." Is what this is. Even though you were told that you were crazy. Yeah. Regards to that. But I mean, I don't know. There's some very powerful people that are probably just going to keep going on. What if there's like a big pizzeria in New York that's in their black book like several times, you know, that they use for what if that comes <laughs> redacted. Redacted. All the, it sounds like all they're going to do from the black book is use things that prove that the book is hers. Mm -hmm. Like that's about it. And that's where the investigation stops. Yeah. There's no reason to look any further into this. No. No. We wouldn't want to do that. Nothing we can do about a prince. That's a we have to dodge this potential risk. And I also think now you didn't think the whole uh, prince, what well, the other prince, the younger prince, whatever his Harry? name is. Harry? Harry. You didn't think that was a big deal. I think one of the reasons he left the family was because of this. Mm. I truly do. Yeah. I truly think when, because it was right after these allegations came out that he was like, yeah, I can't, I can't be involved in this. You know, I can't be part of the family if he's still going to be a part of the family. This is disgusting yeah, and abhorrent. I cannot find now, myself to care about anything involving the royal family at all. I, I um, mean... When it comes to raping 14-year-old girls... I mean, I, I guess probably, like, if this could maybe help destroy them, then then that's fine. Then I, I'm okay with that. I just... I would rather look at, like, gossip and pop culture stuff about, 
you know, like singers and actors. And Pete so Davidson's. Cause at, least, at least they have some talent that Pete's is Pete's Davidson. Pete's Davidson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would, I would rather have a large story about Pete's Davidson <laughs> than talk about people in the Royal family. Cause at least Pete Davidson has some type of talent that led to him getting to where he is. The other ones are just freaking tyrants. You know, at least some type of biological talent. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, we can save the other one for tomorrow, but it is ridiculous. Okay. It's real ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's dumb, we'll but s- it's not dumb. Believe tomorrow. We'll save that one. Yeah. Now, listen, uh, I don't know if you guys are going to get this episode. We don't know if the, uh, the transmitters are sending with the Omicron going on here. I, yeah. Th- I, this guy could be talking into a black hole mm-hmm. because, you know, everything's, everything needs to be locked down. Uh, go ahead and kill your family so that they can't get this variant. Save them. Yeah. From Omicron. Save them from Omicron by by murdering them. Yeah. And that's a complete joke. And also, uh, since we just talked about all of this, uh, we both want to be up front and say that we didn't kill ourselves. Um, uh, no plans to do that no. at all. You don't even have any rope. We got nothing in here going to be tied no. together. We have no plans of doing that at all. One bit. Okay. I would never, ever kill myself. Would not. All right. Are you still reading those Don't Kill Yourself books, though? No. Okay. No, I don't read those. Okay. All right. Anyway. I I glanced at it. (laughs) It's not mine, though. All right. Let's get out of here. I would never end my own life. I just want that to be. Just let COVID do it for you. Be on the record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's show, which I know you did, please hit that subscribe button or plus button, whatever it is to, to follow uh, this show and share it with a friend. Man, we have a lot of listeners and we really appreciate all of that. You guys sharing the show, even around the holidays, getting in those Thanksgiving fights, fighting for freedom and liberty all around the world. We really appreciate that. Join up with the live group. Get into the fun and the action, all the gifts going around, people hating on me. So if you listen to the show and you're like, man, I just hate Chuck. Well, you can tell me to my uh, digital face (laughs) by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. And plus, that'll get you an invite to the Nate Fest uh, happening on our 1,000th episode. It could be happening in 2022, even if we don't reach it. It just could be an annual thing that we do. But you need to be part of the group to get invited. Otherwise, you don't know what the details are. And so... Plus, we need a lot more people to sign up if this is going to be an annual thing. You can hate me in person. (laughs) Yeah. It would be nice. So do all of those things. Share it with a friend, a foe, and the children. And uh, if you guys do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science.